Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode. My name is Dan Cyprian. Thank you for tuning in today. Uh, Will you do something for me before we start? Will you like, comment, share, uh, invite others to join us, start a watch party? Because I want to have as many people as possible tuning in today because I believe I have a word, a talk for you today that will definitely hit close to home and help you uh, achieve and, and live out the life that you were created to be. The title of my talk today is Essential, The Necessities for Life. Now, before 2020 uh, began, when someone said it was essential, they meant it and no one questioned it. Since then, essential seemed to be relative based on one's opinion, but not necessarily based off of absolutes or facts or non-negotiables. What is deemed as essential versus non-essential according to our government? Well, thank you for asking today. I've looked at a list and I I experienced and saw it myself. This list is a bit odd to me. The government believes that liquor stores are essential. But barbershops and hair salons are not essential. That doesn't make sense to me. Also, marijuana dispensaries are essential. But churches and other places of worship are not deemed essential. The NFL can play games and players can tackle one another. But if coaches on the sidelines do not wear masks, they are fined. Protests can happen with a hundred or more people, but I can't have 10 of my closest friends over to my house for a barbecue. The White House can host gatherings with hundreds of guests, but I can't have a birthday party for my own son. Prayer rallies with thousands of people gathered in parking lots can come together, but my children can't play at the park on the swings or on the slides. However, essential is not relative according to God. He has put absolutes in place according to the Bible. What is deemed essential according to God's word? Well, today I will answer that in just a moment. I want to tell you a story that happened in 1952. A woman named Florence Chadwick decided to attempt the 26-mile swim between the California coastline and Catalina Island. During her swim, Chadwick traveled with a team whose job it was to keep an eye out for sharks to be prepared to assist in the event of unexpected cramps, injury, or fatigue. Roughly 15 hours into her swim, a thick fog began to set in clouding clouding Chadwick's vision and confidence. Her mother happened to be in one of the boats at the time as Chadwick relayed to her team she didn't think she could complete the swim. She swam for another hour before deciding to call it quits. 
As she sat in the teetering boat, she discovered if she just continued on for one more mile, she would have reached Catalina Island. Many people quit a dream on the brink of its realization. It's when the challenges feel the most daunting that we're often closer to our destination than we feel ourselves to be. Like doubt, it comes and goes. But keeping your poise is an essential skill and will enable you to navigate through moments of uncertainty. In the morning before the dawn breaks, you will, you will have noticed if you've watched that it's the darkest time of night is immediately before dawn. It reminds me of a song by Danny, Danny Goki called Haven't Seen It Yet. And the lyrics go like this. Have you been hoping that things would have changed by now? It's like the brightest sunrise waiting on the other side of the darkest night. Don't ever lose hope. Hold on and believe. You just haven't seen it yet. You're closer than you think you are. Only moments from the break of dawn. All of God's promises are just up ahead. He had the solution before you had the problem. Good things are coming even when we can't see it. Lyrics from Danny Goki. Can you relate to that? Does it seem like what we're kind of experiencing today? Well, going back to the story, two months after Chadwick's failed attempt, she tried to swim once more. Once again, a thick fog set in, but this time she had a mental image of the shoreline in her mind and she pushed herself along. And not only did she succeed, but Chadwick's, Chadwick ended up making the swim an additional two times. And for good measure, Chadwick also became the first woman to swim the English Channel, channel in both directions, and she did it in record times. That's absolutely amazing. And it brings me to my text today in Philippians chapter 3. Paul wrote this from prison as I talked about a couple of weeks back. In, in Philippians chapter 3 verses 12 through 14 it says, Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took a hold of me. In other words, Paul says, I'm not saying that I have it all together, that I've made it. But I am well on my way reaching for Christ, who has so wonderfully reached out for me. He says, don't get me wrong, Paul is saying, by no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eyes on the goal. And he continues writing in Philippians 3. It says, forgetting what is behind me and straining towards what's ahead. This is my life verse right here in verse 14. It says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Bottom line, Paul is saying here, I'm not turning back. I'm looking ahead and I'm pressing on towards the goal. Well, what is the goal? Well, the goal is not heaven. The goal is to know Jesus. What is the prize? Well, the prize is not eternity. The prize is to know Jesus. Well, the calling, the calling is not wealth and success. The calling is to make Jesus known to others. But how do we stay focused on the goal? How do we, how do we know Jesus? How do we reach that goal? Well, here are three essentials, absolutes, non-negotiable according to the Bible. Number one, you need to pray. Prayer 
is essential. Talking to God every day. And the Bible talks about this throughout. And it says, make your requests known to God. Pray continually. Pray at all times. When you don't know what to pray, the Spirit intercedes for you. Jesus also taught us how to pray, saying, pray like this, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He says, call on me and I will answer you. 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, it says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. The Bible shows Jesus many times um, going away and praying often. In fact, the most intense prayer was the night before uh, he went on the cross and died. He prayed with sweat and, and, and blood. That's how intense. I mean, he prayed to his Father God every day. But even in the darkest hour, he came to the Father and says, Look, man, not my will be done, but yours be done. I'm going to press on towards the goal to win that prize. Regardless of what my circumstances are, no matter how much pain I have to endure, I'm going to get there. That's what we need to do. We need to pray to the one who experienced it. Talk to him every day. It is essential. Secondly, we need the Bible. We need to listen to God through his word. Do you know that, that it says that God says, or thus saith the Lord, if you know that term, it, it says that 3,000 times in the Bible that God said this and God said this. The Bible also goes on to say that all scripture is God-breathed or inspired and is useful, is useful for us every day. It also says the Bible is living and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword and it penetrates to our hearts. The Bible says that it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path as we press on towards that goal. If you say, well, Dan, God doesn't speak to me. I can't hear his voice. Well, then you haven't been reading your Bible, in my opinion, because that is God's word. If you want God to speak to you, you need to read and listen to the very word of God. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 20 and 21, it says, Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in, in the human will, but prophets, through, uh, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. You see, it wasn't just men just writing down thoughts. The Holy Spirit inspired and spoke to them as they wrote these words in the Bible. Do you know that Jesus, after he was baptized, he went into the wilderness to fast for 40 days and 40 nights. And after those 40 days, the devil himself came to Jesus and tempted him. Listen, Jesus was hungry, obviously. And, and, the, and the devil tempted him and says, well, if you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. And you know what Jesus' response was? He says, devil, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. 
See, even Jesus himself, even though he was fully man and fully God, he knew the importance of the word of God. It is essential and we need it in our lives every day. The third thing we need is the church. We need to worship God with others. We need to serve God with others. You know, the Bible says that on this rock, on the rock of Jesus Christ, I have built my church and the gates of hell will not prevail it. For where two or three are gathered in my name, in the name of Jesus, I am with you. The Bible also goes along to say the body is a unit. And and it also says that people devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. The last point I want to make with this is it also says that we we should not neglect getting together, meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. It says, Hebrews 10.25, it says, Do not give up meeting together as some are in the habits of doing, but encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. It is important for us to go to church as the church. See, Jesus, when he was 12, if you know the story, um, they were tra- he was traveling with, with his parents, and his parents continued to travel, and they ended up realizing that Jesus was not with them at this moment. And they were kind of uh, worried about it. But they tr- backtracked their steps, and they ended up finding Jesus in the temple. He was at church. And, and, and Mary, his mother, was like, what are you doing? And he says, didn't you know I'm here because of my father's business? I'm here because it's important. It's essential. And even though Mary was like, well, I get that, but you need to obey us as well. We need to continue to go. And he obeyed his parents and he listened. But he made a point that, listen, it is essential to go to church. Well, you say, Dan, we're in the middle of this pandemic, this COVID, this lockdown. We can't go to church. My church doesn't meet or we do online church. Well, okay, I get that. Well, get a part of a small group. You know, 10 people or less, get together in your home. You know, that's what they did in the Bible as well. They met together regularly in people's homes. You need this. It is essential for your life, for your spiritual growth. If you can't get together physically in person, Zoom. Get, invite a bunch of people and get on Zoom and talk and encourage one another and learn more about God and grow together. Philippians 3, it says, I press on towards the goal to win the prize. What are you doing to press on towards the goal to know Christ today? See, Jesus is essential. Praying to God, reading the Bible, and getting together uh, at church is and being the church is essential. And maybe you say, Dan, well, today, and I'm confused. I have doubts. I don't know where I stand with God. Well, that's okay. You know, you can make your life right with him today. You, you know, you, you have the opportunity. Every time I have these talks, I give you the opportunity to commit your life to Jesus right now. And if you want to do that right now, it's just simple. It's just repeating a prayer just like this. You just say, Jesus, I know that I do not live right. So I ask you, would you forgive me? I believe you died for me and that God raised you from the dead so I could live with you forever in heaven. I turn from my own way of living and I ask you, 
Come into my heart. Guide me every step I take from now on. I give you my life. Thank you for loving me, and thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you repeated that prayer, I believe that Jesus comes into your heart and into your life. Man, tell somebody you've committed to Jesus today, and you've prayed that prayer. You could also go to my website, sipministries.org. You can contact me there. You could actually find a church from my website. You could also listen to other messages that I have spoken to help you build your faith and grow in the knowledge of Jesus. You could also follow me on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, at Sip Ministries. But please like, comment, share, and invite others for more of these talks because I believe that it will help you and it is essential. It is necessary for life. Thank you for tuning in today. Will you join me next week and invite others to join as my title will be Shelter in Place. Trust the process. Again, thank you for joining me today. And until next time, keep on pressing on towards the goal.